All right, here we go. 4.09 right now on Wednesday, January 13th. Thanks for finding the podcast. It's Eric Chase and the fam. Wednesday, kind of our community guest day, and lots of them. Got a lengthy podcast for you here today. Might be one of the ones where you split up into a, a couple of different listens. First up, um, maybe one of the biggest gets, one of the biggest local celebrities, or most, well, he's not a celebrity, but he's very well known, revered in the community. Um, you know our good friend Bethany, who's on the podcast with us on Friday. She is the one of the development people at TSA. Um, we talked on Friday about how it's almost enrollment time or lottery time for TSA. Basically, you can get your kids into TSA and and why it's important to do it in, at, at sixth grade rather than sometime else. Um, he is the face of TSA. So many people know him. He is a great dude, even though he teases me for... He can tease me. What do they say? Uh, respect your elders. And we should all do that to the... Icon that is Dave Gerke, who is on with Bethany, and then we'll be joined by Beverly, who is the enrollment director, who can tell you all about getting your kids or whoever you might know would be interested in TSA. But we have some good TSA stories, some Gerkeisms, and a lot more. Let's get to it. Is this uh, is it is this Dave Gerke? Yes, it is. Oh, listen to that voice. <clears throat> I'm on radio, man. It's my radio voice. <sighs> this is this is Bethany. I, I was going to text you. I tried to get Philip. Um, Philip is, is busy, perhaps putting his clothes back on. I can't tell. Um, I wanted to do something fun with Gerke because um, this, is, this is quite a get here for this little measly podcast. Instead, I have come up with some questions that I think the audience will enjoy Hello? hearing me. Can you hear me? I got kicked off. Oh, welcome back. Um, Hi. Uh, Bethany, I've come up with some questions. I think the audience will hear, uh, will enjoy Gerke answering, um, because he is, <laughs> he is, he is an I- <laughs> he's an icon. And if and Gerke, if you didn't know, if you ever Google yourself, there's not much, but there is an author by your name who writes about planes. An author. An author, yes. And I believe the title of the, the book, which is very this Gerke like, caressing the air. Yeah, dig it, dig it. Look at that. I'm gonna need longer <laughs> answers than, than like just that. If you're gonna be, well, you on know the- what? But look, look. This isn't. This really isn't about me. <clears throat> this isn't really about me, though. You know that 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 sounds like another show at another day. No, 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 no. It, it, it is about for, you. for a bigger for a bigger audience. Not, oh my god! <laughs> look, we're running out of those radio shows here, so you better hit it now. <laughs> Anyway, you are here because you are the magnet for TSA. Bethany, would you like to begin the interview with the iconic Dave Gerke? Did we lose her again, Bethany? Is Beverly here? Beverly, is that what you call yeah. her? Bethany. I'm, I'm here. Oh, are you? There's, Beth, there's Bethany and Beverly. Who's Beverly? <laughs> is, that, is that over my head? Is that a joke? Beverly. No, no, truly. Beverly is the recruiting coordinator for the school, and she also was given this number to call in because she has all the technical stuff. I'm just more here as a, uh, uh, you know, a Serpa, like more of the spiritual end, you know. You're the face. You're, you're, you're the, the, for a local, you're the Steve Taylor. You're the face on TSA. Forget the flying pigs. It's the flying gurkies. Oh, my God. Oh my well, God. there's no Beverly yet, 
So uh, no, I'm okay. here. I I just clicked the link that Bethany sent me. Whoa, what's going on? I'm hold on. So Bethany's gone. Yeah, Beth- Bethany's is- gone. We we traded Bethany for Beverly. This is wild. <laughs> this has never happened before. Oh my god. Oh yeah. This this this. Hold on. We gotta start this. So Beverly, um, can you give me your email address? Uh, sure. It's b h u s s at t s four arts dot org. All right. Get off of this link. Give Bethany her link back, and you get the you go on the one that I just sent you. Okay. Okay. Can all right. <laughs> wow. So when Beverly, so when Beverly was in high school, Beverly went to TSA. She's a graduate of our school, and um, she had an older sister also um, that went to like one of the really earlier years um, when we were in the Secor building, and um, the kids would always sing. Um, her name was uh, Oh, geez, Sarah Huss. And um, they would always sing, what if God was Sarah Huss? Got Joan Osborne. She would, yeah, and I thought it was a really funny thing, and she would get so mad about it. And I could never understand the angst of, of high schoolers because I never felt like I, I got out of high school. My, mind, my mindset has always been there, like, you know, just a class clown, 18-year-old chubby guy trying to sneak snacks into the classroom. Um, and I always thought it was so funny. But Sarah Huss never thought that was very cute at all. Um, so there's a little, there's a little story. That, I, that, what? That's perfect. That, that was actually one of the questions I, I wanted to ask you. Bethany, are you back? I yeah. am here. Fant- so for the first time ever in our little clean feed experiment, experiment Beverly hijacked your clean feed invite so she got her own well that's what i said i didn't know that when i for if i would have forwarded her mine i didn't know it was like everybody had their own individual link yes yeah you come on you 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 know i thought you knew this by now everybody has their own link i don't know that all right well she should be coming back here dave just told a great story and i had four questions written down and one of them uh was i i want I wanted you to suggest a story for Gurky to share, and he just shared a great one. But is there one story that he tells, like you've heard it a thousand times, but everybody else needs to hear it? <laughs> I, literally, all of his stories I've heard a thousand times. What's his um, best story? Like, what's what's like the Taylor Swift of his stories, where like everybody's got to hear it, like they got to download this. I'm trying to get all the clicks I can. We are. But it also has to be appropriate. That's the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, so, there's plenty of stories, and none of them are appropriate. Why don't you get... So you you know what we can do here, and, and like, so that we don't violate any of what Gerke and Beverly's expectations are. Why don't oh, you, okay. Okay, wait. I have I have a good one. Okay. So... Oh, my goodness. It, oh it, it applies to me, right? Because I just had my first kid. So <laughs> well, I was a student when Gerke and his wife had their first kid and the story of the morning that he, or the the next day after this has gone down that he finds out that Jill's pregnant, you know, he's tripping the morning the after. entire day. The morning yeah. The morning after. after. And we all know that something's wrong with him. So that's a great, can I, can I, can I preface, can I preface something here? You got to tell the whole I story. 40- 
I was 42 years old, man, and I had never um, done a grown-up thing in my life still. And my wife tells me she's pregnant. And we had, we had kind of decided that we weren't going to have kids. And, um, but, but it happened, right? And so I was up all night freaking out. And I'm driving to school, and I'm saying to myself out loud, you can't have a kid. You're an effing idiot. You can't have a kid. You cannot have a kid. You can't even take care of yourself. You can barely take care of yourself. How can you have a kid? You're an idiot. And I had promised her that I wouldn't share the news with anyone until we went to our parents' house and told them about it. And I was pacing like crazy back and forth in, 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 in the classroom. And I was very close to the students because I thought I was in high school. I didn't even know that I had a job there. And um, so they finally said multiple times, you know, what is wrong with you? You are acting like you are out of your mind. And all of a sudden I go, yeah, well, you know, Jill's pregnant. That's, that's what's wrong with me. Mm. If you want to hear it, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> Jill's pregnant. And they all started laughing and cheering or whatever, and it got quiet. And this kid goes, well, you can't have a kid. You're an effing idiot. <laughs> and I literally left the room and walked down the hallway and cried to my mentor, Lee Reamer, um, who died in 2009 and, and, and kind of was one of the people responsible for allowing me to have this gig. Um, and, 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 and I had to tell her too. And she was consoling me and telling me that I was going to be okay. But yeah, 42, I felt like I had just, uh, you know, knocked up my high school sweetheart and, uh, my life was over. <laughs> Bethany, I have some questions. Yep. Uh, part of the reason we're, is part of the reason we're such good friends is because there's a lot of Gurky in me? Um, there's, Gurky's a little more jovial than you are. Oh, fair. I, I can get, like, some, some of the sarcasm and the, the snarkiness, but. But you know Gurky that. has, like, that jovial, the jovial bully going on. You don't think I'm, a, <laughs> you don't think I'm a jovial bully? Well, fine. You're just kind of a bully. Without think, the jovial part. I think part. the word you're looking for is dick. But it's fine. <laughs> um, okay, I mean, we, we have some similarities because I will be turning 42 this year. I don't have a high school girlfriend, but Bethany knows this, Dave. If if by some chance I ever got someone pregnant, especially in the situation you were in, like maybe I, maybe I would be dating one of like your former students like I was a couple of years ago and something happened. I have already picked out several countries um, where most Americans aren't welcome, but for a certain cost, you can get in there and they won't extradite you. So that's how I feel about being a parent of my own child. I don't know. I feel like once you become an uncle in a couple months, like you, you might, you might turn it around. I'm plenty an uncle, and that's the best part. Like you can get rid the of the greatest it. thing that ever happened to me. Um, Bethany, it was, it was yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, Gurky. Um, no, I was just gonna. I, I was just saying it actually turned out to be the greatest thing that ever happened to me. You know why? Like, what about it turned you around? Other than the fact that you couldn't. <laughs> other than I can't let this die because I will go to jail for the rest of my life. Um, I I was not a fan of the first year. I can tell you that. But as soon as they start giving back, and it, it it's an amazing thing. And for the first 
I would say for the first 10, 12 years of, of, of their lives, both of my children thought I was as cool as I thought I was. <laughs> and um, It was growing up dirty. Like, then that, oh, God. Then it, then it changes. Then it changes. Then it changes. And they, then they figure out that you're, you're not all that, you know. And they remind you that you're not all that. And you really realize by, on your own that you're, you're not all that, too. And so, yeah. Well, and I think it's important you, that, man. you know, especially your son has been able to provide the family with a moral compass. And that, that has yeah. been nice to, to watch. Yeah, he is uh, definitely that cat. Keeping you on the you street. Know, he, he watches out for me. Yeah. <laughs> what's, a, uh, what's a life maxim of, of Dave Gerke, whether it's just that you guide yourself by or maybe even one that you share with students? Again, not appropriate. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, you know what? I think fake it till you make it is one of the things that I really like to say a lot because I think I think that that's that's the real thing of creativity is you just kind of go for stuff and you just try it. And uh, Snoop Dogg said something one time that I really like. He says a lot of things that I really like, but um, he. Remember the the show that he had? There was like a like a you know like a reality show based with in, in he and his with he and his family, and his wife was leaving for the day to do something, and um, she said, "Well, don't forget the birthday cake because it was their daughter's birthday." And he says, "Yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it." And she said, "Where are you going to get it from?" He said, "Don't worry about it." And she goes, "Snoop, don't go trying to be make don't don't go trying to be making a cake. You can't make a cake." And he looked at her and he goes, don't say what I can't do. And I, I say that a lot. When my wife will say something, you know, we say it to each other. Don't say what I can't do. And I like those challenges. I like those, you know, and uh, don't say, you know, uh, people would say, don't, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. I'd be like, don't say what I can't do. And, and I just, I, I, that's always kind of been like, I never really was able to articulate it until uh, Snoop, Snoop Dogg brought it to my attention. Bethany, yeah. you know, he didn't want to be interviewed here, but he is falling into my trap because I, I would tell you, Mr. Gerke, that you are the antithesis of faking it till you make it because you're not faking anything because you're one of the most, as Bethany said, jovial and authentic human beings and you are charismatic and there's nothing fake about that at all. But to your other point, your maxim is you can't tell me no. And that's something great to pass on to students. Don't let somebody tell you no. If there's a goal that you want to achieve, go to all means. And even if you fail, you know, you learn something. But don't let somebody else tell you no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll bill you I for was, that. You know, I, was a, I was a fat kid growing up. And I know it's hard when you see me now that, <laughs> that you would believe that. But I was kind of a chubby kid. And, um, you know, a maybe or, a, or, you know, if you asked a girl out and they'd say, no, not this weekend. You'd be like, oh, next weekend? You know, you just you, you just got to keep going for it. And, uh, yeah, yeah Beth- reach for the stars, man. Bethany, that's uh, that's a, another thing that you know about me, like what Gerke just said. Oh, not this weekend? Oh, so so you're not ruling out all future weekends, just this, the, the literal, <laughs> the, the literalness of it. So you're telling me I have a chance. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, and, and that means if I don't yeah. ask you, you can't deny me. So we'll just sit in this, in this stasis. I don't, I don't think Beverly's coming back. Um, I, I said, she, her- she just texted me. She just texted me that the IT guy was looking for your email because she didn't, 
received the email. I sent it twice. Um, oh boy! I'll do the I'll do the the, the preamble to all this stuff. And, and Bethany hit it decently last Friday for what we were going with. But it's uh, it's time to enroll at TSA, and the opportunity to do that has arisen, and it's even been pushed back a little bit, right, Bethany? Yep. That's your cue to go on a little bit, unless you don't have anything. No, that's why I needed Beverly, because she's got all the information. All right, well, how about this? Gerky, if you're satisfied with what I yanked out of you and and you've gotten enough of the spotlight, hang up and somebody text Beverly to call, and then we'll we'll swap swap Gerky for Beverly. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. And, you know, and if if I can, I really, the the one thing that I really want to say is I I appreciate all those little, um, you know, those, those, those nice things that you said about me. I'm not sure why you did that, but, um, I, I, I do try to, yeah, I do try to be honest at times, most times. And, um, but what I really think the message needs to be is that this, this thing, this Toledo school for the arts is one of the greatest secrets that Northwestern Ohio has. And, it will absolutely change the trajectory of a child's life to be part of this place. And I've, with, I've witnessed it for 21 years, and it, it's astounding to me. And um, I never tire of going there. I never tire of watching these kids graduate. I never tire of watching the growth and the immense care that they receive um, from this extraordinary staff that uh, they've put together. So um, with that, I'll go away and uh, let Beverly lay all that on you. Yeah, have her give us a call and we'll all swap it out. And thank you. Thanks, man. And I want to say thank you to all, all four of the listeners today. Mm. We really appreciate Um Tell your friends about Toledo School for the Arts. Yeah, thanks. Bye. I just hung up on him. Do you, I, I had another question. It's so wild. My my three my four things were: what life maxims does does DJ, does Gerky live by? Um, I wanted a classic story and he dove into that. And I also wanted to ask him and I wanted to know when he knew you were right for the development department or did you just annoy him or did he just keep giving you work? And then you're like, Hey, you have to pay for this bitch. I mean, honestly, I, so I graduated college a semester early and I was done in December and the company that I had been touring with, um, was based in New Jersey. So my plan was to move to New Jersey. And then after that summer, they went bankrupt and we never got our last paycheck. So you told me this. Yeah, that was great. So I came home and he was like, you know, I need somebody like part time that can manage all these gigs because I just don't have time to, you know, all these people are calling to book our, our groups and I don't have time. So I was like, yeah, I can do it. So I did that for, you know, half a day and uh, worked. What I, I think I worked in my dad's office, too, for like half the day. And then I would leave on Friday and go to Cedar Point because I was working at Cedar Point. And uh, so that I just kind of like did it half a day. And then that turned into uh, now I need you full time because you can do all these other things. And then they... Uh, hired me in the dance department to teach dance half the day. And then I did development half a day. And I did that for three years, but that just got, it was like trying to do two full-time jobs at once. Um, So then I just moved into 
the development department. And here I am 13 years later because I don't know where else I would go. <laughs> Beverly, do we have you now? Beverly? Yeah. Beverly? Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. There she is. There she is. I've never I I've never had somebody hijack a clean feed invite before. That was that was well, devilish. I didn't realize we couldn't use the same link. Yeah, sorry, sorry, well, sorry. That was my bad. Um, I have, and, and Beverly, we're just uh, recanting Dave Gerke stories here. Um, I have one more question, Bethany, about Gerke. Uh, does he have nicknames other than Gerke? Like, does anybody have pet names for him or, or anything like that? Beverly, um, it's well- usually Gerke, like Big Daddy sometimes. What is it? Big Daddy. Big Daddy. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's good that he lost all that weight from when he was a chubby teenager. I hope he, I hope, right. I hope he hears that. Hi, Beverly. Hi. Um, sorry that the, all this juggling in the air, and I was confused because uh, Bethany had told me that there was uh, that. What What is your role at at TSA? I'm the enrollment coordinator. Got it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Bethany gave me a name, and then there was so we have a Bethany. And a Beverly, and I thought Gerke was misspeaking, but this is all cleared up for me now. This is the most discombobulated podcast ever, but it's fun. I love it. So um, Bethany didn't have all the details, but it is enrollment time at TSA. And I don't know if Bethany or Gerke have ever told you, but for a couple of years, I've hounded them. I thought it would be a great idea to do uh, like a live broadcast of the lottery drawing. Um, we could sell sponsors and all this other stuff. And Bethany's like, you'll destroy kids' hearts. I'm like, it's okay. Let them learn now. And we could sell advertising and do marketing and be, do it at the Valentine or wherever. Now, that's obviously out the window for what's going on now. But I am fascinated by getting kids into TSA. And uh, that's where you come in. So how does this all work out? And what can people take advantage of? Um. Well, basically right now we're just trying to give people more time uh, to do the enrollment process because it can be a little bit lengthy. Um, And so now is the time to fill out the application and um, provide all the supporting documents that we need. And uh, then basically it's just a waiting game from that point on till when they get there, when the lottery happens, um, and then we go forward from there with the rest of the enrollment process. What are those, uh, what are those documents that are, that are needed? Cause I know I'm sure it's, I, I hope it's not like going to like the DMV or anything like that, but um, I know documents are important. So what are those things? Yeah, it's, it's not as bad as the DMV. Um, it, it's dependent on each kid. Um, so when a, when a family fills out the application, their checklist of documents is customized based on how they answer those questions. But some of the ones everybody needs is like a birth certificate, um, their grade cards from last year and a current grade card. They have to show that they like a proof of residency that they live in Ohio, um, that kind of thing. Older kids might need a transcript, um, but that's that's generally what we would need. And Bethany, you were talking, uh, I, I kept, I heard you say when we were doing this on Friday, something about sixth grade. Is that like, is that the optimal time to get in? Because then are you in for for lack of a better term, life? Yeah, so it's always easiest to get in sixth grade because it's a brand new um, incoming class and we take 100 kids per grade. So as a sixth grader, you have one in 100 chance of getting in instead of you know the upper grades. Unless a kid leaves, you can't get in. So we always encourage people that are you know interested get in in sixth grade right if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but 
to wait and try to get in even as a freshman is really difficult because not a lot of kids leave. So um, that's why I always try to push that, that, you know, kids try to get in at sixth grade. If you're in a different grade and you're still interested, it's worth applying because um, there are openings that happen. It's just not as, not as many. Is it, is it the kind of thing where you as a parent hopefully have a pretty good idea or a handle on what your kid likes or could grow into? And maybe they're not, artistically interested at that moment, but you, you see something in them that they would regret not getting in in sixth grade. So can they come in as just a regular student in sixth grade without having a specific art interest? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, even if your kid enjoys drawing or really loves music, maybe, you know, is very, has a big personality, you know, and you think that an arts education would be good for them. Absolutely. They don't have to be you know, Mozart yet. Um, the the junior high classes, sixth, seventh, and eighth, they do um, exploratory arts classes. So they are required um, if they don't uh, place above to do a semester of each art. So they'll have a semester of dance, visual art, music, and theater. Uh, so that kind of like gets their feet wet in all the different areas. And then once they get into high school, they can declare a major and kind of pick their focus, but they don't, you know, they don't have to be a, a prodigy when they come in, they can just have an interest. And that's, you know, that's what helps in the education process because all of their academics are integrated with the arts. So it just helps them learn better. Um, and our teachers are really creative in the way that they deliver content. Like we don't just teach to test, we take, you know, what they need to learn and we teach it in a way that makes sense for them. And that really, you know, it, it, it helps them be ingrained in the content. It helps them remember it. It helps them understand it better because of the way that they deliver it. So um, it's not just, you know, for performing arts kids, it's for anyone that has an interest in the arts that feels that that could really benefit them, um, not only in art, but also in academics. Something I didn't know until uh, we became super friendly or whatever we are. Um, Beverly, it's free, right? Yeah, yep. Tuition free. Um, and it's uh, available for any student who lives in Ohio. Excellent. What are the dates that people need to be aware of so they have their documents and they get moving with this process? I know Bethany mentioned that it's got bumped back just a little bit. Yeah, we did extend the deadline uh, just to sort of give people a little bit of extra time with all the COVID craziness. It's been difficult. Um, so the deadline to apply and submit documents is Friday, February 26th at 3 p.m. That's a hard deadline. Only applications and all documents would be eligible for the lottery at that time. So if you're missing anything, um, you just end up at the end of the wait list. Um, so that's the 26th of February. The, the lottery will happen um, on March 24th. Okay. Um, and so we will, we'll post that on our door and we, we send it out to all the families so they know where their lottery number was drawn. And then once we have those results, we invite our families to Next Step Day, which happens on April 24th. Um, we're hoping if it's safe, we're going to do an in-person Next Step Day uh, if not, we'll do a virtual one. Um, but that's for kids to um, sort of show what they can do to some instructors. And if they 
are um, a little bit more advanced, they would place into some higher classes rather than have to start at the beginning. Excellent. Bethany, are we going to do the lottery this year on Facebook or something? I don't know. I, I, don't, I would hate brackets. Like these kids, there are kids that have waited there at this point because the school opened in 1999, right? So there's kids that have been planning on going to the school their entire lives, just like someone would spend their entire lives wanting to get on American Idol. And it, we, ha- you know, by law, we, we have to do a lottery and it, it breaks my heart when kids don't get in and that's why I don't want to broadcast it. And I don't know even if no, if like lottery is, it's more like a drawing because a lottery would make it seem like it's not a meritocracy and it re- it's very egalitarian. Like you just pick names, right? You can't like buy your way deeper into the lottery. Like you can't grease some Dave Gerke pockets with money. No, nope, your- no, nope. it, it's it, nope. it, it's a blind draw, right? As much as I would love to accept bribes in the development <laughs> department, that does not happen. I was just gonna say in in a, in the crazy wild year that we've had, where so many organizations that we both work with have been down on money. If there were ever a year to go, hey, you want seven seven six to have another shot in the hopper? Grease yeah, me no. with some. Not happening. But it is it is a blind draw, right? You're just pulling it numbers. Is. Yeah, we're just pulling numbers. Uh, Beverly, uh, are you familiar with the uh, the National Basketball Association? M- um, NBA sports? Not so much. Okay, I have this <laughs> big dream where just like the the lottery and the draft are televised for professional sports. I want to do that with TSA and Gerky's kind of like lukewarm and, and Bethany hates it. Cause she doesn't want like little Jeremy to have his heart broken when he doesn't get picked, but it's not his fault. It just wasn't his day next year, Jeremy. I might, I might have to side with Bethany on this. It is, it is very heartbreaking when, when the families that really want it don't get in. <laughs> do they reach out? And this is pulling the curtain back a little bit. Do they, because you don't tell them, they just look and see if they're on a list or not. But do they reach out to you? And is there, is there sobbing? I mean, it's got to be heartbreaking. Because like, and I'll, I'll I'll preface this with: I've worked in radio long enough where literally there have been people saying, "If I don't meet the the Backstreet Boys, my grandmother will die of cancer." Okay, oh that's very unlikely. But I get how strongly you would like to meet the Backstreet Boys. Uh, keep tr- trying to call the radio station, but, um. I hope there are good stories, too, like of families that have not gotten in on the first shot, but then eventually do wind up. That's got to be really rewarding and, and lots of emotion. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. That, that does, we do get to hear those. Yeah, that does happen. I mean, I, I will say, the like right now, us in the development department are running a campaign because we want to increase the capacity. Um, and so that requires some finagling with the building. But... Uh, if there are people that have means that would like to donate large sums of money to mm. see more kids accepted into the school, by all means, call me. Um, and we can make that happen uh, because what we're planning could bring, I think, between 120, 150 more kids. So awesome. that would drop the waiting list down a lot. Good. Um, any Any future events besides the First Friday stuff? I know, at least for what I have, you've told me or what I might be interested in there hasn't been much and I, I get it because they're all performance-based stuff and i know a lot of it's been online but what's on tap as we get into um i guess the end of the school year whenever it may end what's what's coming up in the spring for things to look forward to 
Um, I know our stepping out, which is like our big annual fundraiser auction. Um, we're doing that virtually. So that'll happen March 13th, but it'll be all online. Um, so stuff will be coming out about that. And then I don't even know. I mean, we're so, we're so up in the air. We're, we're trying to figure out like all the vaccinations and stuff. Um, I think the next round of vaccinations are including schools, uh, staff and that kind of thing. So we don't even know when we can come back in the building, but you know, we want to have some kind of kaleidoscope. That's our big end of the year performance. And, uh, but it's just, there's so many unknowns right now because yeah. we're all trying to stay safe and, you know, it's not like we're just a small community. It, we're pulling from, you know, 30 different school districts. So one county could be okay. Another county could be in the red. So it's just, you know, we're not just dealing with one neighborhood. We're dealing with kids coming from all over. But thankfully, we've we've really been successful with the virtual learning. Um, all our kids have been on iPads for quite a few years now. So that was really helpful. But yeah, we don't know. Who's the the lady from Stepping Out that you sent over to us like a couple of years ago? Um, the singer. The singer. Oh, Kim. She was great. She was great. She was great. Beverly, isn't she great at this? Yes. Bethany absolutely. Bethany definitely <laughs> has a future in podcasting from her home while she while she uh feeds her child. She's she's wonderful. We, right. love, we love having her on. So um <laughs> Beverly, unless there's anything else, I think we can wrap up, but thank you for the time. Um, Bethany knows I'm always down to support anything that TSA is doing because it's, it, it is, along with Penta, I'm so glad that kids these days growing up now have opportunities like this to get outside of the normal um, school curriculum, to really hone in on what they love and where their passions are because I, that's obviously going to make a better student. And the times that I've been around the TSA kids, I get it. I was a little bit of a... An outcast. I was different. I marched to my own uh, my own beat, and to see those kids have a comfortable place to get a great education, at, like at a place like TSA, I absolutely adore, and I'm so happy for them. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. You have any Gherky stories you want to share before we wrap up? Oh my gosh, Whew. probably this, none that would be appropriate to this, tell. Yeah, this, Bever <laughs> Beverly's an alumni like me, so. We have plenty of turkey stories. This is a PG-18 podcast. We can save it for another time. Be Be Bethany, you don't go anywhere. Beverly, thank you very much. You take care and uh, stay safe and healthy and happy. and uh, Well, just have a good new year. <laughs> thank to, you, try too. Thanks. Bye-bye. I'm still saying happy new year. I need to help people to make the best out of the rest of the days left, which might not go. You know, January is like half over. I know, I know, I know. But, like, I, I'm not podcast stuff. I'm not a... Uh, after last week, like, I'm not shaken, but I'm bothered. Like, I'm really, really bothered. And did you see the we pictures? We should all be bothered. We are. But, you know, it takes a lot to shake me. But did you see the pictures today? There are National Guardsmen sleeping and laying around the Capitol building. No. I. They're there to protect it. But right now there's nothing going on. So they're just, it, like, I literally, it's like what we talked about last week. It's like we've turned into a country where Borat would make a movie from. And it's so sad. Oh, yeah. It's. You don't even recognize it. No, we don't. All right. You got anything else you want to talk on Friday? No, nope, Friday's good. Yeah. Philip's just texting nope. me back now. He was... Be here with bells on. Yeah, yes. No, you'll be I like his. Uh, I like his new photo that photoshopped his entire junk out. Why do you like that photo? I just think it's funny. Like, he photoshopped himself into a Ken doll. 
Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, not having not having the thing there. Um, again, yet again, I think it's funny. throwing OnlyFans money away with stuff like that on Instagram. I I could be making bank if I was his manager. Yep. All right, dear. I'll text you. I'll uh, we'll talk like this on Friday, okay? All right, sounds good. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, Thanks to our friends from TSA, Bethany will be back on Friday. Next up at the Community Corner here today, it's not actually called Community Corner, it's just alliterative. Um, a couple of weeks ago in the Blade, I saw that there is a uh, a Springfield Area Prevention Coalition, and that's like our Lucas County Suicide Prevention Coalition. I saw a, a young girl in there named uh, Kirsten, Kirsten Wilkin, uh, did the story with the Blade, and grabbed my attention because I wanted to talk to her and ask her about what is this coalition? What do they do? Um, You know, the things that you would ask a a teenager, like, why would you get involved with this? This is serious, serious stuff. We've already recorded this. We're going to get to it in a second. This kid is unbelievable. Like, how Floyd and I sat here last year and just watched the electricity coming off of Jaden. And Jaden is up to big things. Follow his his new stuff. I think it's Jaden Jefferson or JadenReports.Medium.com, where we just sat in awe. And I kept going, I can't believe what I'm watching and talking to right now. Kirsten is that kind of kid. Let's get to her. And then her counselor, who is a friend of mine with the Suicide Prevention Coalition, uh, Kelsey Jordan. She was here with us before. Counselor Kelsey, or Kelsey the counselor, is going to hop in as well. The Springfield Area Prevention Coalition. Let's hit that now. Um, let's uh, let's get started. Kelsey, uh, can, Mrs. DePompey can start us, uh, can, can join in uh, along. So let me ask you something. I saw, I, I saw the article in The Blade a couple of weeks ago, and... Walk me through some of this because did you? It's the Springfield Suicide Prevention Coalition. Did I get that part right? It's actually the Springfield Area Prevention Coalition because we mostly focus on like drug abuse. Got it. Okay. And stuff like that. Yeah. So, and how come you were featured in this article? Because from when I read through the article the first time, I got the sense that that you started it. So, talk to me a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. So I've been in that collation for since I was like in seventh grade. So we were going through it. We were at one of our meetings and they talked about wanting to do a suicide prevention campaign and they mentioned a sticker. So I pretty much was just like, okay, I'll do it. I'll take on board. Like I'll create it. I'll design it and I'll make it something kid friendly. So teens or younger kids will look at it. And then I pretty much from there, I took initiative and I designed it and I put the crisis hotline on it. So they had a suicide prevention line to talk, like text to. Awesome. All right. So then I'll, I'll go backwards. So in seventh grade, what got you interested in wanting to be a part of, of this coalition? So actually my middle school counselor asked me if I would want to be in this type thing as like the student leader, student, like, like, yeah, I guess student leader, pretty much student leader. So they asked me to be in it. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this would be such a great thing to be. And I love to help people. And I would love to help kids around me and my peers. And I also wanted to help connect like the older people in the community with the younger people. And I knew right. I could do that because I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty out there, pretty social. Yeah, you, so you, I, <laughs> you seem very outgoing. I can feel your energy and charisma. So you, you're, uh, this yes. is not your first podcast, right? Well, it's my first podcast. It's never my first interview, but I'm pretty good with talking too. So I, I knew I wasn't going to be nervous 
with all these older people. Right. And I knew I would be a good aspect to connect the younger kids with the older people in our community. So they were staying safe and then their parents would be informed on like the little secrets that they hide. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I, that's how got me interested. I, was, I felt really passionate about it and I always love helping people. So okay. It was kind of just a great aspect. So it's helping people, and clearly you have the charisma. I was going to ask you why you think your counselor picked you, but I can clearly tell why that is. So the reason I wanted to talk to you, and Kelsey is now officially late, so um, how she is your she your volleyball coach or a counselor? How do you know her? So I played volleyball last year, right. and. I was I made the JV team when she coached the freshman team, but I had to go down and play with her team for a little bit. Okay. So that's how I think she she got to know me, and obviously she'd be at the games. Right. And then also, she is my counselor, so that okay. helped too. And right, she had so, asked, yeah. Well, I'll say I'll I'll tie us all together now. So I. Yeah. Um, I'm a big mental health advocate. I have uh, dealt with bipolar stuff and a lot of depression and anxiety, and I've been fortunate enough to, to, to conquer it for the most part um, over the last uh, five years or so when I hit on the right medication. And I do a lot of mental health advocacy. And uh, three years ago, I started working with the Lucas County Suicide Prevention Coalition. It doesn't have a good acronym. It's a long name like your coalition. And um, my friend Jen Wakefield, have you ever met Jen? Does that ring a bell or anything? No, it doesn't. Okay. So Jen, uh, oh, here, here she comes. Here she comes. And I'll let Kelsey <laughs> fill this in. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Eric. How are you? Uh, good. K Kirsten and I are, are already uh, off and rolling. I told her about your unicorns and ponies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have quite the collection. You do. <laughs> so I'm just bringing Kirsten up to speed, like, how I, why I wanted to talk to her. And, um... So, Kirsten, I, Jen and I met Kelsey because Kelsey and others invited us to come out and do some, some speaking at Springfield. And then Jen and uh, Kelsey struck up a great relationship. And then I saw that Kelsey seems like a decent human being. So she's my friend, too. Um, Jen and I actually went to high school together. Oh, that's right. Out, you're, yeah. You're clay kids. That's right. So, well, you, I, I just asked Kirsten why, uh, why, she got involved with this and she did her counselor and clearly she has a charisma and she talked about, um, she just is, is outgoing, likes to talk to people. So why do you think, um, Kirsten is great for this coalition and somebody that we can pull into our world a little bit? Cause it's a complicated world. And I, I want to get back and ask Kirsten that question, but first your perspective, Kelsey. Yeah. So, um, obviously I'm Kirsten's school counselor and you know that this is something I'm passionate about. Um, Kirsten was also one of my athletes that I got to work with. She's involved in a lot of things at school. She's a great leader. Um, I actually, ironically enough, before we even scheduled this, emailed her mom to tell her mom how proud of Kirsten I was because she does so much to speak up for her peers and shows such great leadership. And, you know, not only is she a fantastic person who wants to reach out and help people you know she just is so mature for her age and she really manages her responsibility her responsibilities beautifully um you know just an all-around excellent kid good um kirsten so let me ask you this uh it's 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 when we talk about at least with suicide and some of these other things suicide is usually the hardest one to talk about um and as you talk to adults and kids and try to be the conduit for some complicated topics, 
Has any of it been, I don't want to say concerning, but a challenge for you to kind of process or, or be the conduit for some of these really challenging issues that many people don't want to talk about? Yeah, it definitely has, because I also have to know my, like what's up with me. So it's especially hard if I'm going through a little funk, but I know I have to help someone else because they trust me with their problems. They want to come to me. Other than that, that's probably the hardest, but I also feel another hard part is like for other people, they're telling me how they feel, and I feel like I don't want them to feel like this. Right. And I, I know I can help them, but I don't like seeing them like that. Like I see people so upset and hurt, and I'm like, I hate it, but I know I want to help them. I use the word funk too when I hit uh, like a periods of depression, and thankfully because of my medication and some other mechanisms, they don't last as long as they do. But yeah, I use the the word funk as well. When when you're in one, what do you do to get out of it? So me, my outlet is softball. Okay. So. I, ha I play travel softball, so I have practice almost every day, but if I don't, my dad is really good with helping me go to softball or, like, just take me and hit me ground balls. That's how I get out of my funks. I, I'm really passionate about it, and that's what I do to just release all that negative energy, and mm -hmm. that's how I cope with it. When you say negative energy, uh, talk to me about, like, what those, those feelings are, and then I'll, I'll share some of mine, and Kelsey, you know you're very welcome to share as well. Yeah, so my negative energy or my negative feelings are more just this online schooling thing has been so difficult for me to do. Not like necessarily keeping up with work and all that, just no social aspect, no outlet. Right. So my negative energy is just like it's all built up, like all my thoughts and feelings, good or bad, are built up. And it's really hard for me to express them because I don't have anybody to talk to really. I mean, right. I'm an only child, so I have my my parents but it's different <laughs> that's why I like being that outlet for someone else and it's just constant like oh I have another assignment oh I have to do this and it's just it's never ending and it feels like you're doing the same thing every day are you are you fatigued uh because you could take advantage of FaceTime and other things to talk to your friends but are you fatigued by just being on a device um from school all day and it's like you want to talk to your friend but then you got to be back on your device do you do you not want to do it then yeah, so I definitely FaceTime sometimes, but yeah, I like personal interaction, like real face-to-face, -face, and I'm always right. on my computer now, and yeah, it's just like, look, I want to be away from it, but that's like my only contact to my friends, too. Right. I forgot, we called you Kelsey the, Kelsey the counselor when you visited here before, remember that? Yes. Oh, the good old <laughs> days. Um, what, what have you been through with the kids um, in your role as a counselor, what have you tried to help them out with? And, and what have been some of the challenges you as now a virtual counselor through all this? You know, this has been the hardest year ever. I've been in education for 11 years. And when we went all virtual last spring to, you know, hopping back and forth from remote learning to hybrid learning, um, I miss that interaction with the kids. It's a lot harder for me to make valuable connections with kids and help them with things. Um, you know, especially since like when you're going to look somebody up, you don't have access to every kid's cell phone number. Not every kid has a cell phone number. Um, you know, so then you're kind of relying on, um, you know, parents getting the message to them. And a lot of parents are at work. Um, you know, so by the time a lot of kids have access to me, I'm taking care of my own kids at that point. So, right. 
you know, it's really time is, it seems like, oh, these, these teachers have all the time in the world. But if anything, I feel like educators, we have even less time now, even though we're supposedly able to have constant access to these kids because they're on devices. But, you know, like Kirsten said, they're tired of being on the device. You yeah. know, I, I know I have so many kids that want to talk and, and need help with things, but, you know, at the end of the day, when they're done with their classes, it's like, I don't want to look at one more screen. Um, you know, even for me personally, I ended up having to buy a special pair of glasses because I was just getting so like fatigued from staring at the screen and like my eyes hurt. I was getting migraines and things like that. Like it's hard. It's just, it's difficult on everybody right now. You bring up a great point that, uh, look, we've heard lots of gripes and, and challenges for, for all walks of life and families over the last, I think it's 10 months now. But mm -hmm. you bring up a great point where if a kid like Kirsten is having a hard time, you can go, you can see her in the hallway, you can go like, hey, let's let's talk for a minute. And as opposed to now where you got to chase these kids down and it, it's, it's hard. That's, yeah. I had not thought about that and nobody had sent that my way before. Um, Kirsten, what kind of things, give me the name of the, the coalition again and tell me some of the things that you guys do. So it's the Springfield Area Prevention Coalition. And some things we do, we, we hold lunch and learns okay. for... Other people, like mostly, I think it's mostly business owners. I'm not involved in these because <laughs> I'm younger, but stuff like that to inform people about, we talk more about like nicotine and drug addiction. And we went to the open houses at the middle school and put up little booths and showing like kids' parents what's hidden in plain sight. For right. example, you can hide a little vape juice or something in a hard drive but a lot of parents don't know that so that's some of the stuff we do we teach them that what they need to look for when their kids acting weird that goes for drug abuse or anything like that and suicide prevention and all that we do mostly stuff like that and outreach in the community with that what are some of the signs so some of the signs for depression are if they're aggravated or irritated very easily <laughs> <laughs> um, they're not talking to you as much as they do. They seem lonely. They sleep a lot with the nicotine and drug abuse. It's just if they're if they act a lot like fidgety or really secretive, or they seem like when you walk into the room they like shuffle things around and hide it because they can easily be hiding something right. like a vape because those are small and they're easy. You can just throw it into your pillow pillow and some people wouldn't know. Um, Kelsey Wakefield's got to tap that into our PowerPoints. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I know that that's something that we've been talking about, you know, with the Lucas County Suicide Prevention Coalition is how do we educate parents? How do we help them understand where to look for these warning signs? Um, you know, because like Kirsten said, a lot of them are hidden in plain sight, but a lot of times kids are very hesitant to ask for help, especially now when, you know, the majority of their ability to self-advocate is through a screen. I think mm -hmm. people are less likely to reach out and have a conversation now because it's almost like a skill that if you don't use it, you lose it, right? Like communication isn't something we're born with. Knowing how to advocate for yourself and make the right choices is not something that you just know how to do. You need to be able to ask for help. You need to have somebody showing you the way. And um, that's one of my biggest concerns right now is because I know that we have so many parents that work and they're working so hard and they're doing their best, but you know, idle hands, right? That whole saying. So when you've got teenagers at home by themselves 
left to their own devices, that's kind of when that opportunity for those scary thoughts can creep in and go unnoticed. For sure. Uh, Kirsten, when you see um, a peer, whether it's a, a friend, a good friend, or maybe even somebody that you you just see around school who might be exhibiting some of those those warning signs, what do you do? So it dep- depending on how close I am, if I feel like I can go to them and be like, hey, what's up? You've been acting a little off. I will. If not, I'll find their friends right. that they're re- I know they're close to. And I'll say, hey, she's been acting a little off. Like, I don't know. Maybe this is her normal, but maybe you should ask her. And I've had one situation where there's a girl and she came to me and she told me she was harming herself. And I was younger than her. I was in middle school, she was in high school, so I instantly reached out to my counselor that I knew she had had before and said, hey, this is this is what she's telling you. I just want to make sure she's okay. And then that counselor reached out to the high school counselor and she's okay now. That's what I try to do the most. Kelsey, where did, how did this happen? Like, this is a superhero kid right here. Like, kids... I know, right? <laughs> I, I get it. Like, I can clearly tell that Kirsten is outgoing and wants to help others. That's, that's very obvious without her even saying that, but... Where, did, how did this chi- this teenager develop this intuition to know something like that? Because I, I, you know what, I might not even have thought of that avenue. I might have just uh, kept pestering that person, Kirsten, like going, "Hey, look, you can you can talk to me. I know we don't know each other, but I'm I'm telling you, we can talk." I might not even have thought to seek out their friend. So, Kelsey, how did this all happen with Kirsten? First of all, I think Kirsten's just kind of like an old soul to begin with. <laughs> but <laughs> um, you know, and I've I've talked to her parents about this too, and. One of the biggest things is, I think, having involved parents, having a strong support system, having adults that she trusts in her life that, you know, can help her make these decisions. And also, I think that just innately, she's very empathic and she's very good at, you know, reading the emotions of other people. Um, And I think she's just naturally, you know, very good at communication and leadership. Yeah, I, I wish we could put this into words for a podcast it doesn't connect because I think we're a lot like that as well. Mm-hmm. It's not something you can explain. You can, you can just do, and it doesn't get much more. We can only describe it as, as Kirsten did. It's just something you have or you don't have in the same way that some people are just innately talented at, at like with volleyball, with you, like some kids just have that gift and you're like, how did you do that? It's like, I don't know. I just did it. Um, I Kirsten, just picked up the ball and figured it out. Right, like, <laughs> like, spiked it into your face. Um, <laughs> Kelsey, help me out here because I'm running out of things to ask the ask Kirsten, but I want to keep talking to her because she's such a bright kid, um, and she was very brave with uh, talking about how like we have some very complicated topics, but she doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be afraid of anything. So, what are some things that you could pass along to kids that might not be as brave to broach these subjects as Kirsten is? I think the biggest thing is not to be afraid to ask questions. I think that unfortunately we still live in a time where topics. Um, you know, involving suicide and self-harm and depression and, you know, medication, things like that, there is still a little bit of a stigma attached to it or it's a little bit taboo to talk about it or, you know, people are afraid that, you know, saying suicide, like it's a dirty word, like if we talk about it, we're going to put that idea in kids' heads. But, um, you know, I think that the more that kids have the ability to ask questions to the adults that they trust, Um, you know, rather than going down the deep, dark path of the internet hole, right, where you get all kinds of crazy, scary things, I think is the best route to take, especially if they're kids that are, 
you know, typically afraid to broach these difficult subjects, like find one person, one adult that you feel like you can talk to, whether it's a parent, a grandparent, a school counselor, a teacher, you know, an older cousin, somebody that you trust that you feel is knowledgeable that can help you discuss these topics and figure out, you know, do you need help? Is there somebody you know in your life that needs help? How do we get the you or your friends connected to the resources that you need? Um, but the biggest piece is just speaking up. Yeah. Kirsten, um, I think we have the same superpower. I'm so glad you discovered yours much, at a much younger age than me. Um, I told you that I do, and Kelsey does as well, like lots of ad advocating, lots of speaking. And I never claim, I don't want to cure anybody. All I endeavor to do is, talk, the superpower is talking about something that is very, very uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I endeavor to be a voice for those people, and you're doing much the same thing. Just the, the normalcy, the friendliness in your voice. So please keep talking about these things that challenges uh, the, the kids and teenagers. And for, for, for uh, frankly, adults as well. And mm -hmm. be their voice and empower them. And you will get them to help themselves. So please keep doing all of this stuff. I definitely will. I love it. And if yeah. I just know I can help someone, that makes me feel amazing. Yeah. Like if I'm saving someone's life from that sticker I made awesome yeah like they have somewhere to go now it took mm -hmm. me a book or some adult things to learn that when i'm when i'm in one of my funks you know putting something in my cart and, and amazon is nice but that stuff is very short-lived if i really want to pull myself right. if i really want to pull myself out of that funk do something for someone else because of that that adrenaline that great feeling that you have already discovered and described because it's right um how can how can people in the area or maybe even a little outside the area who's welcome to the uh to the coalition honestly anybody when we have our volunteer options of course anybody can come in we have kind of our solid set group right now but we are looking for younger kids like seventh grade when i started because we need even younger than me because when i go off to college i might not know all this fun stuff that <laughs> not fun but all those crazy stuff yeah. little like eighth graders are doing now so we're looking for a boy and a girl that are younger like seventh eighth grade preferably at springfield but okay yeah good oh, um websites facebook pages anything like that uh that you can share out there yeah, we have a Facebook page, just Springfield Area Prevention Coalition. And then we also have an Instagram. I just made it. <laughs> cool, cool. Just and it's this. Look that up. Yeah, it's the same thing, but like the username is S underscore A underscore P underscore C. Okay. Um, and there, they'll just be helpful outreaches for on both for Facebook more towards adults and older people, and then my Instagram will be for the kids. Eric, she just called us older people. Look, you're the, you're the one that needed... I don't want to say anything, but you're the one that needed special glasses, so... I know! It's not wrong! Yeah. Um, Kirsten, how old are you? I'm 15. Where do you want to go to college, or do you want to go to college? I do. I, I want to go to Heidelberg right now. Heidelberg. What? What's Heidelberg? I've heard Heidelberg, of it. Heidelberg, it's a... Yeah, it's a private college by Tiffin, okay. and they have a really good criminal justice program and okay. psychology. Awesome. I, uh, yeah. what, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which, yeah, which is not that far off now. I want to be, I, this sounds a little crazy. I no, think no, I no, want to no. be in the FBI. Perfect. And I want to be a 
criminal profiler. Awesome. You're that's not yeah. crazy at all. I think that's awesome. Um, you, you're pro. Are there babies or children around? So are Kelsey, um, are those your kids? It's Lucy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I have more questions for. Uh, you can still hang, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's just sitting here watching the iPad. So. Um, <laughs> Kirsten, I don't know if your parents let you watch this stuff, but did you ever watch Mind Hunter on Netflix? I actually watched an episode, but then Criminal Minds came back out on Hulu, so I've been binging that. All right, so Mindhunter is probably rated R, but if your parents say it's okay, um, it follows, it's back in the like late 70s, early 80s, and it's basically the origin story of FBI um, criminal profilers of, of really awful like murders and crimes. Because before that, they, were, they, they did things by... Evident, not forensic evidence. They just like look people in the eye, and and they dug into the science of it, of you know getting inside these people's heads and talking to them. Like, why would you do something so awful? And it it might be a little too graphic uh, or adult, but ask your parents. But it is it's right up your alley, and exactly what I think you want to do. Another one that okay, might not give you will. nightmares, Kirsten. <laughs> Um, The Mind Explained on Netflix is a documentary and it talks a lot about like mental health and the piece, the working pieces of your brain and how certain stimuli um, triggers different responses. It's uh, Emma Stone is actually the narrator of it, but that one is really, really fascinating. And I think that would help you, you know, not only continue to work with the coalition, but it might help you to create some new resources geared toward younger kids. Those both those both sound very interesting. I'm yeah. gonna have to watch both of them. I never <laughs> I never thought I'd say this to a fifteen year old, but uh Kirsten, like you're literally fascinated by why people do the awful things that they do. <laughs> um yes. Okay, no no no, no. that's awesome. That's like so uh let me dig into nerd stuff real fast. So I love okay. Batman. And I have okay. read lots of books of, like, why would a man dress up as a bat and stop crime? And <laughs> there's deep psychology in that. And conversely speaking, did you see any of the Batman or the Joker movie? No, I haven't. Like, somebody who does that obviously has some serious mental issues, right? Yes, I would have there, to say. There you go. Okay. Well, this was yeah. a pleasure to talk to you. And, um... I'm I'm so delighted for all that you're doing, and thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll send you the link to this, and if you want to share it out, that's great. If not, I totally get it. But um, you have my uh, my information, and let's let's stay in touch, okay? Of course, yes. I definitely will post it on my Instagram page. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Thanks, Kirsten. Kelsey, don't go anywhere, okay? Okay. Proud right. of you, girl. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What an awesome kid. I know. Isn't she magnificent? I love her. And it sounds like their coalition is more coordinated than ours. Well, you know, COVID threw a wrench in there for some things, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we so had a good, we had a good board meeting yesterday that so, you didn't come to. I know. I know. <laughs> was that your first one or your second one? Uh, that was my second board meeting. Yeah. I, I haven't been one. I haven't been to one with you on it and that should make it more desirable. But <laughs> And yesterday, I got roped up in car buying, and I, I apologize to Jen, but her and I are going to have some coffee tomorrow. Um, but yeah, welcome to the board. Thank you. I'm super uh, excited about it. And uh, just to let you know, uh, I saw that one dumb, give us back our 
tax money sign in my neighborhood for Springfield oh, schools. Oh gosh, yeah, that gutted me a little bit. It was only I only saw one by Coles, and then yeah. it was it was short. It was gone thereafter, so it doesn't seem like that idiotic cause picked up any steam. I haven't heard anything else about it, but I mean, just widespread in general. Um, you know, I've had to really practice self care through all of this because, like, you know, I I do what I do not because of accolades or you know I'm. I need a bunch of praise or things like that. I do it because I want to help kids, right? I want to help them become functioning human beings. So myself and all of my fellow educators, you know, we're pouring our heart into this. Everybody literally had to learn, relearn their jobs overnight because of COVID. Um, You know, trying to make ourselves available to these kids all hours of the day because we know they've all got different situations going on, right? So we're doing everything we can and just from everywhere, from every angle, it's these teachers are lazy, these, you know, (laughs) they're they're not doing anything. I'm homeschooling. I want my tax dollars back. And, um, you know, and I, and from a parent's perspective, like I get the frustration. Like I have, my kids are only preschool age. And when this first happened last spring, I was trying to be a full-time school counselor while also, you know, performing the duties of a a pre-K teacher with two little ones at home. And, Um, It's hard. It's not easy, especially for parents that can't stay home. So I get it. Everybody is frustrated right now. Everybody is having a really hard time, you know, regardless of what your financial situation is, your mental health situation. Like, this sucks. It's not ideal for anyone, right? But I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, just trying to give everybody a little grace. So that's been my biggest practice is when I see things like that, you know, not reading the comment section is self-care. It is self-care, right? So just not engaging, taking a step back, reminding myself I'm doing everything I can. I love my students. You know, I'm, I'm always going to be there for them in, in the capacities that I'm able to be there for them. So, um, you know, just to all my fellow educators, I love you. I see you. I appreciate you. To all the parents out there who are having a hard time. I am you, I love you, I see you, you know what I mean? And for the kids that are struggling, like, I get it, it's hard. It's rationalizing on my part, um, but I, I had seen something a couple of weeks ago that, that struck me, and yeah, unfortunately, and you you know this, and this is again how I'm rationalizing it, there are gonna be some kids that, that, that fall way back, and we might yeah. lo- lose some kids in some ways that we're, 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 gonna, we're gonna regret. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like suicide or anything like that, but a kid's not gonna meet their potential, um, because of all this, right? It's it's an awful. Conversely, there are going to be some kids who maybe discover some things about themselves. Maybe they were an introvert. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe maybe the bullying was get to them at school. But I like to think that the kids that are going to be the kids that will fall back. There's going to be some kids to to balance out those scales that discover themselves that tap into potential they didn't know they had because mm-hmm. conventional school stuff wasn't for them. And right again, it's rationalizing uh, you. Far be it for me to be the optimist, but um, yeah, this is tough. No, and there's, yeah, there's definitely two sides to it. You know, there are kids that are learning to be a lot more resourceful and a lot more independent and, you know, are strengthening their problem solving skills. They are learning real life, you know, skill sets, right? Yeah. But then I think the other side of it too is, you know, it's privilege is a thing that's like glaring us in the face, right? So like kids that have two-parent households where, or they have one parent that's able to stay home with them. They have functioning internet access. They have good computers and things like that. Like those are the kids that are going to be able to, to thrive in this situation. But then you think about a lot of kids that are, you know, coming from one parent households or going back and forth or maybe struggle 
with being low income or have spotty internet and they don't have help at home, they don't have access to a cell phone to call their teacher and ask questions, things like that. Like those are those are the kids that need the most help, but it's at the same time, it's like you can't really prevent them from falling behind. It's yeah. just it's you know, it's it's they're not very, ideal. There are very few resources were taken away from them um yeah we all learned early on i i knew it but i was reminded of like these kids have to go to school because these this is the only way these kids eat um, right and i i was in awe i was delighted i guess it was in april or so when, when we were figuring this out when tps decided to turn their buses into wi-fi hubs mm-hmm. um but you're, yeah you're- and we were able to continue our meal services at springfield too we were able to get a grant that Every kid, regardless of income, could get their meals picked up at school, which I thought yeah. was pretty amazing. And what I was saying was strictly, you know, if all things being equal, not when it taught, because you're, you're right, um, kids who are already dealt kind of a bad hand for whatever the reason, yeah, they're at a bigger disadvantage now, but like all things being equal, um, some kids, this isn't going to work for them, um, the way school is happening, but Again, other kids, like you said, they'll discover problem-solving skills. They will mm-hmm. they will grow beyond their years. And again, it's just me trying to be the ultra-optimist, which is not the role I play in life. You know that. I know, but you're doing a great job. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, with all this stuff, we've seen how people are broken. And if there's anything yeah. that I can do, um, it's go, I have been where you are. And it's like everybody kind of fell back to my mood. So mm-hmm. the least I could do is offer some some sympathy and maybe some some guidance. Like I can't make this virus go away, but I can I can tell you how to manage some things, and then yeah. hopefully you'll be better for it. And um, I mean, again, there is there has been no good decisions, no good outcomes. Like you had to decide between really bad and god awful. Right. So, well, and I th- I mean the biggest piece is again when I go back to like allowing people grace. I think this even goes to our leaders. Nobody alive on this earth has lived through a pandemic at this point, right? Nobody has ever experienced coronavirus before in this magnitude. So, you know, people are going to make mistakes. It's all trial and error at this point, and everybody's just trying to do the best that they can. So, you know, yeah, some things don't make sense. So the rules are going to change constantly. But the more you know, the more you learn, and the better you can do. So I think that we just have to be prepared that mistakes are going to be made and everything's not going to be ideal. But eventually, we're going to come out on the other side of it. And some people will have a pony and some won't. That's right. Uh, and I'm leaving. You knew way. I. You knew I fell off a horse, right? You. Was this recently? Yeah, I fell off a horse a couple of weeks ago, That's- and I felt okay like afterwards, and we were cracking up, laughing about it. But the next morning, I was like, "Oh, if this is not the universe reminding me that I'm old, I don't know what is." Like I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> and while you've moved to the glamorous suburb of Oregon, maybe oh yeah, maybe you don't need a horse. Well, this, I mean, there's country out here. There's more room for, for horses out here. I, I know, but maybe it's a sign saying you, you don't need a horse right now. This is a big responsibility, and, you know, a horse can be down the line. Listen, I, I, can't, I can't explain it. Sometimes when you know, you know. You just got to right. go with your gut, and my, my gut says you need a horse. Mm. <laughs> um, maybe it's hormones as you get older saying could be. the wires are crossed. <laughs> And I'm, right. leaving, I'm leaving this in the podcast, but I was seriously worried about Wakefield because I hadn't heard from her. I knew that she didn't get her house, or she gave me like a one-word answer, uh-huh. and then she vanished. Um, 
and I guess I realized that she was okay because I know that was hitting her pretty hard. And then, yeah. and then she came into my Panera last week and I gave her a big hug and she seems okay. Yeah, she she did make a joke yesterday about, you know, not everybody can hang out at Panera at 7 a.m. <laughs> uh, well, screw her and I will let her know that. Just giving you a hard time, man. I'll remind her that for like way too long, I mean, not way too long, it was getting up at like 3.30 every morning, so screw her. But, oh, that's all funny. Right. Well, uh, of, welcome to the uh, to the Suicide Prevention Coalition board. If you can figure out a great acronym for the coalition, you'll have done more heavy lifting than anybody alive because it's such a long thing. Well, I used to teach English, so, you know, maybe I can figure that out. You've just given me another Please. goal. Please, because <laughs> I, I remember Jen and I were doing so many things, and, and um, they would be like, welcome, we'd like to welcome Jen and Eric from the Suicide Coalition. We're like, prevention! Right, um, yeah. Sometimes we would forget it, but yeah, we just we just can't find the right acronym for the thing, so. Well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I know that I've talked about the coalition a lot, so the, the word is out there, and I feel like of a course. lot more people know who we are and what we're trying to do, which I think is pretty awesome. So Of course, of course. All right, well, thanks for hopping on. I'm glad you're as well as can be, even though you fell off a horse, your eyes are escaping <laughs> you. But, I'm I mean, just disintegrating as we speak. It's yeah, fine. It, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, you're, you're having your, your midlife crisis right now. What are you, like 32, 33? I'm 33, so it's my third life crisis. Yeah, the way you're I going. I actually just posted about it today. So. The way you're going, it might be more like midlife. It might be, but, you know, I'm going to go out with a bang, so it's going to be fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, well, thanks for the time. I'll talk to you whenever I talk to you. Okay. Sounds right. good. Bye. Bye.